0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, DiMontobano. We got the full squad tonight, fellas. We got week seven of the NFL season. No Jets this week. Huge boner kill after a massive, massive win over the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are our bitches. I run Atlantic City. (laughs) <laughs> Even though I lost infinite units, but I run the sports book <laughs> and the Eagles fans there. I want them to know they
2: are my children.
0: Dino, how are we doing, buddy?
2: <laughs> oh my God, I forgot you were in Atlantic City. Yeah, no, that was electric. Uh, Alyssa just walked in, for those who don't know, my better half. She thought I was going to have a brain aneurysm while watching the game because we were I was going crazy so it feels great to have uh, you know a Jets W going into the week other than that excited for this week get to watch football without needing to uh, you know pull my hair out watching the Jets play and I don't know why but I love that yeah you know what else feels good Watch your team but it it's almost like a, a needed break and you get to truly just enjoy football as it is without suffering.
0: Now, you know what happens usually though? Well, not right now because we have a top 15 quarterback in the league. Um, <laughs> but I honestly, I usually hate that because I'm always like this sport looks so unfamiliar to me. Like, what is this? When, when watching football, it's like watching cricket, like compared to the jets normally. He's yeah. like, this, this, like the, we don't play the same sport, but uh, yeah, Zach's a top fifteen quarterback right now. So, uh,
1: <laughs> I heard he may win MVP. He may, it's a good Dude, bet,
0: big time long shot. Plus Yo. thirty thousand. Dude,
1: Jets Twitter needs like to be <laughs> severely medicated, like every every drug you can imagine. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> before we get to the game previews, Ray, let's talk about uh, a rookie who had a a good week six. Who you want to talk about? Yeah, I'm going to talk about Will Anderson. This may be the second time I'm talking about him on this segment, but he's really, really impressed me for a pick that I really questioned when they made it. They gave up their own first to go back up to get him. I was really curious about the fit in that um, D'Amico scheme and just also just giving up so much to go back up, but he's been electric for this defensive line. He he didn't even have a sack, but he had eight total pressures, and that was lined up against Ramchek a good amount of time too. Uh, Six hurries, two hits. An 85 pass rush grade on P- PFF. If you care about those things, which I don't, I just needed a talking point. But overall, this guy's length is just his burst off the edge has been really impressive, and I think it's going to translate. And he's going to be a piece for them on a D line that was really, really needing it, especially in that uh the scheme that they rely so heavily on it. Big time. I mean, I think we all questioned when they when they made that trade, but my God,
0: you take CJ Stroud and then you take Will Anderson two three. That's uh Pretty good building blocks for the
1: future. Yeah, was my QB1, no big deal. Yeah, good stuff.
0: Um, For me, I want to talk about Dorian Williams, linebacker from the Buffalo Bills, which I absolutely hate, but third-round pick from Tulane, who's a guy that we mentioned in our linebacker group last year, who we didn't really love any, a lot of these linebackers, but what we did love about this guy, even though he's a little undersized, was his effort and his physicality when he played, and I think... We all kind of thought he would be more of a core special teamers, um, be really good on that side of the ball. But he got his first start last week in replacement for Matt Milano, and he was awesome last week against the Giants. Had 10 tackles, did a great job in coverage when he was in space against Saquon. Um, Did a really good job with his gap assignments. He missed a few tackles, but, you know, it's a little bit to be expected in your first start. Um, but I think he fits really well in their scheme where they ask their linebackers to really just be firing downhill all across the field. Um, so I think he fits in with his Buffalo defense really well. And uh, moving forward without Matt Milano, he'll get a couple more opportunities. So Dorian Williams, big shout out for the guy. It's, nice. a, good, it's a good shout out. Yeah, I like that one. All try to good. go off, you know, try to go a little offbeat. We get all the big guys in the first couple of weeks.
2: But um, let You got something to say? His tape was fun coming out. It was. You're right.
0: Okay, we're gonna move on. Um, let's get to the game previews. Ray, first game we got the Detroit Lions going to Baltimore. Baltimore is a three point favorite right now. The Ravens took a a London win home. They're back home now. Ray,
1: talk to me about this Ravens team. Yeah, this Ravens team is uh, their offense. I feel like is still trying to get it going a little bit. They've relied so heavily on Lamar. Uh, Zay Flowers has been obviously a godsend for them as a, as their wide receiver one to be honest. But for for Lamar and just this offense as a whole, I think Lamar needs to be a little bit say more in the pocket and kind of get the ball out a little bit faster. I saw a lot of uh, I saw a video clip on Twitter. I think it was today or yesterday that he was missing Odell a lot on like the underneath quick quick route stuff. I think he's got to target Odell a little bit more in this offense. And I I mean he's the leading rusher with with what like three hundred. 27 yards on the season, four touchdowns, and obviously that's what makes Lamar, Lamar. But I think if you stay in the pocket and, and just get the ball out a little bit quicker against this uh, Detroit pass rush, which, I mean, it's pretty good with Aiden Hutchinson. He, that guy's a dog. He's a legit, a true, like, top 10 edge rusher already. But this, uh, Lamar, in the two losses, he got sacked four and uh, four times in each of them. So the the goal for them is to keep him upright, and I think the way to attack this Detroit defense, which has been improved, but still obviously not perfect is just through the secondary and through the quick stuff. So I think that's what you have to do uh, offensively. And then defensively, this Ravens defense is always stout. Uh, Detroit's going to be without uh, David Montgomery. So that's good. I think you got to try to contain Jameer Gibbs and put pressure on Jared Goff. And hopefully this uh, Baltimore secondary can force turnover to get the ball back to in Lamar's hands and, uh, give him a couple extra possessions to win win the game.
0: Yeah, this is supposed to be a very windy game. I was reading; it's supposed to be like twenty mile an hour winds. Oh, shit. Um, which could be very interesting for game scripts. Honestly, I don't think it affects the Ravens as much as it affects the Lions. Um, but for the Lions, really nice to get Amon-Ra back last week and just went absolutely berserk. Had twelve catches for one hundred twenty yards. Um they're starting to get some pieces back and then somebody gets hurt. We haven't really seen this Lions unit in full. You said David Montgomery's out. I do think Jameer Gibbs is going to play this week. So he will get another weapon back. Um, But for the Lions, I think that their offense right now is really starting to click. And they're a really interesting team because they can play in these grinded out games, but they can also, they also have the offense to kind of go and get it when they need a shootout game. Um, I think they're extremely talented on the offensive side of the ball. It's, um if the wind isn't too much of a factor, I think their offense is going to be too much for the Ravens. And then defensively, it all comes down to stopping Omar. I mean, they were able to hold uh the Buccaneers under 50 yards rushing last week, even though the, the Buccaneers have been absolutely pathetic all year trying to run the trying to run the football. I think they're holding teams right now to sixty-five rushing yards a game. So, if they can hold Lamar in the pocket, Anzalone and Jack Campbell, who's been coming on strong as of late, need to be really important in the middle of the field. Um, and then, like you said, as if this D-line can get after him with Hutchinson, I think they have a good shot to win this game on the road as dogs. Um, this was a game I was looking at big time for uh, a little money line
2: sprinkle. Mm-hmm.
0: Dino, what do you got for the uh, market report?
2: Yeah, no market report for this one is fairly interesting in my opinion. It has the blazing hot five and one against the spread. Lions getting three in Baltimore, which for sure surprised me. Even with running back question marks and the Ravens having put up a respectable four two record against the spread this season, the public has agreed with me and bet the lines at a seventy five percent plus clip. But an even more surprising development: the spread has. Opened at three and has stood pad at three. So clearly I would gauge that Vegas has a side in this, and that side being Baltimore. For the total, we opened around 44, 44 and a half and came down a touch to 43. So far this season, we have seen Lions games go three and three to the over. Uh well, they split three over, three under, and five and one to the under in Ravens games, which is not all that much of a surprise.
0: Right. Love it. Let's roll to uh, our second game. We got the Los Angeles Chargers going to Kansas City. The Chiefs are a a five-and-a-half point favorite right now. Ray, talk to me about the Chargers and how they need to right the ship. They had a tough loss against Dallas
1: last week. Yeah, I mean, that Dallas defense is really tough. Uh, But the good news for them is Eckler is back. He was obviously back last week. Uh, Couldn't get anything going on the ground. I think he had like 27 yards rushing on like 14 carries i do think that this chief's defense is a little bit more susceptible to the run game they allow like 100 yards per game on the ground so i think this is a good game to try to get eckler going and just really take the pressure off of justin herbert just a little bit because this chris jones is gonna be coming after him all game no Corey lindsey obviously he's on ir i believe so they're a little susceptible obviously this offensive line for the chargers in the interior so i think the best thing to do is to keep him upright and Justin Herbert is going to really have to focus on Keenan Allen. And then obviously Quentin Jefferson, Quinton Johnson is going to have to step up big time because they need a second target to go along with the, this, uh, this run game and just, and Keenan Allen, who's just the most dependable receiver, I think of all time. <laughs> and then defensively speaking, uh, it just comes down to just shutting down Travis Kelsey. The uh, interior, or I guess the middle of this defense, is going to have a lot of pressure on it with Eric Hendricks, Kenneth Murray, and Derwin James. They're going to have to find a way to just bracket him a little bit and just not let Travis Kelsey kill, him, kill them. I think it, man coverage is really the best bet against Kelsey. He's so good at finding those holes in the soft zone and just going yak crazy. So I think the best bet is the limit. Limit, try to limit Kelsey as much as possible, and then just let Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa do their thing on, off the edge and try to get into Mahomes' face as much as possible.
0: Yeah, uh, for the Chiefs, I mean, they won 19-8 to last week on Thursday night against Denver. I mean, they had so many trips in the red zone that they didn't score. Or they kicked a field goal. Mahomes threw a pick in the red zone. Um, they're interesting because I feel like their offense really hasn't gotten going yet. Um But this defense for them has just been awesome all year, which is not like some of the teams that they've had in the past where they can really rely on this defense while this offense is starting to, like, trying to get going. Um, I think Pacheco is going to be really big in this game, getting the run game going um, for the Chiefs and then for Mahomes. Just don't turn it over because I do think this defense is good enough where you get enough stops against the Chargers to, to win this game at home. And then defensively, like you said, Chris Jones just got to get after it. Um, Justin Herbert is tough as shit. He's played through a bunch of injuries, got the finger thing right now. But you got to hit him. You got to hit him early. You got to hit him often. Um, And then in the middle of that defense, Nick Bolton has been awesome for them all year. He's going to be key against Eckler. Eckler's still finding his legs after a couple weeks out. Um, But obviously, we know how dangerous he can be. And uh, Nick Bolton's been as sure as anybody in the middle of the defense. So uh, I like the Chiefs
2: uh, again here to roll. Dino, what do you got for us uh, for the market report? Yeah, market report for this one as the Chiefs giving their AFC West rivals and the Chargers five and a half points, which has, which have uh, in, in the Chargers taken 60% of the money, even coming off another tough, tough one possession loss. It's almost like death and taxes. Death taxes, Chargers lose by three. For the ATS report, the Chargers have gone two and three, but worth noting, they have lost by only three, three, and two in their three losses. Their two wins have also been by, uh, they've squeaked by. It's actually quite hilarious. Obviously, we've all seen uh, that lady who's all over the Twitter sphere and definitely just an actor that's placed by. The NFL, that, that's obvious, by the way. And, and for the Chiefs, they have been 4-2 and two against the spread on the season. Of course, not covering against our Jets, uh, not to flex or anything. For the total, we opened around 52, and then a massive under-buy was called in on Monday, Tuesday. Obviously, thanks to the Monday night game where the under was... Atrocious. Um, and one of my best bets. Uh fuck that. And now we are down to 48 as the total. Chargers games have come in four and two in favor of the under, while the Chiefs games have also gone four and two in favor of the under.
0: Nice. Love it. Uh let's get to our third game. Got the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are two and a half point favorites right now for Sunday Night Football. Ray, talk to me about the Birds. How they need to write the ship after a tough loss against the Jets.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love this matchup for the Eagles, if I'm being honest. Uh hopefully, I mean, there's, there's, I guess a few things to consider, but I think they're getting Slay back, which is good. I don't think I don't see him on the injury report. I think their biggest thing is they need to get Lane Johnson back. I think once he went out in that Jets game, I think you saw the difference with this offense. It really made it, it he's the probably the best offensive lineman on their team so it makes a it makes a huge difference when him when he's in there and jalen carter he was limited again i think today but he's trending in the right direction if you can get jalen carter uh lane johnson and slayback that's just gonna do massive for this uh this matchup and then uh, i mean offensively their passing game just has not been able to get it going at all so far this season they've just looked really disjointed in this new under this new offensive coordinator so I think the the path to victory, especially with you have four of your five offensive line starters, is just going to be pound the rock, working all your running backs, Swift, Boston Scott, Gainwell, just get everyone the ball and let Hurts work the underneath stuff. You know, don't let him do, don't make him do too much. Even get him going with his legs a little bit. But the turnovers that he had last week and that I feel like he's had all season, you can't give the Miami Dolphins extra possessions. This offense is way too high powered. And then on defense. Like I said, I think Jalen Carter coming back is a massive upgrade for that defensive front. I think getting in pressure from the interior in particular on Tua is how you slow down this uh, Miami Dolphins offense. And then also having those cornerbacks back, that, that healthy secondary, I think they'll do wonders. You have to play too high against this team. You cannot let Tyreek Hill beat you over the, over the top. And also when he gets the ball in his hands, you need a team effort. Everyone needs to fucking swarm because this guy can take anything to the house. I do like this matchup for them, and I probably will end up touching them minus two and a half. Touching them? Touch me, right? Touch them. Um, Yeah, for for Miami, I think
0: we all thought the offensive line for them was going to be a real weak point, but they've been outstanding this year. They've only allowed six sacks all season, which I think is bottom five uh, or top five, however you want to look at it. Um, So going against a great D-line, they have to hold up and protect Tua. If they can do that and they can let these long developing plays go, um they should hit on some deep shots cuz there's too much speed on the outside. There's too much speed in the backfield for them to not get going offensively. Um I know you said they're getting slayback. I think a, a ton of their safeties are still banged up, so curious to see who they roll out in, in the back end which could be massive for them. Like you said, they got to play too high especially If you have all these guys out Um, and then defensively, Miami has been great getting to the quarterback and it's really been by committee. Um, I think they're top three in sacks this season. So especially if Lane Johnson is banged up, if he doesn't play, you need to get after Jalen. And like we saw in that jets game, you need to take him to the ground. There were so many plays last week where the jets had him wrapped up and he either got away or he made a really strong throw with a guy still on his hip. Um, So you got to get him down. Don't let the ball get too deep to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith because they can take it to the house easily.
1: Um,
0: And then you just need to be really sound against this run game. Uh, DeAndre Swift has been really good. It's been almost a revelation for him being in this offense. Um, So for Miami, middle of the field, Baker, Van Ginkle, they got to be sound.
2: Dino, what do you got for us? Love it. Marker report for this one opened up at Finns plus two and a half, even to three at some shops, and has basically stayed at two and a half. For the ATS report, the Finns touted an impressive five and one against the, against the spread record, while the Eagles are four and two. So two very respectable teams in that format for, for the total Vegas opened up at 52 and a half and has ticked down to 51 and a half, which is still above the key. So not a big move at all. So it basically stayed the same Eagles games have had a perfect three and three split so far, but what has really driven this total is of course, the best show on turf, which is the Finns who have had their games only go over four out of six games, but, in it, in the two, it went under. It was by an average of three points while overs have hit more than comfortably. They've at, hit with crazy margins.
0: All right. All right. Let's get to our last game. We got the Monday night game. We got Sam Fran, a six and a half point favorite right now going to Minnesota. Right. Talk
1: to me about the San Fran team. Yeah. I mean, you saw what happened last week when McCaffrey and Debo went out. This offense kind of uh, crumbled a little bit. So I think their injury status is the biggest part of this game. It's going to be the the biggest determining factor. Both of them missed practices this week, and also Trent Williams was diagnosed with a high ankle sprain, so that's not looking too good. That being said, this Vikings defense is kind of atrocious, and I do think, especially if they can get Trent Williams back, I think this running game, the the backups for uh, Christian McCaffrey should be able to get it done still. That being said, Brock purdy has got to target – uh, Kittlemore. He only had one catch last week for I think four yards. He He's so up and down for some reason as of late. I think he's got to be the go-to and they got to run that offense through him assuming Christian McCaffrey and uh, Debo Samuel are not good to go. And then on the other side of the ball, this this Minnesota offensive line has kind of been brutal. The running game in and, and Madison has been terrible. I think this Fran uh, defense is going to eat, eat, eat. So it really all comes down to whether their skill position players can be healthy and this, and Brock Purdy can really get comfortable if they are not going to be there.
0: Yeah. I think for Minnesota, this is a big tipping point in the season. You're two and four right now. Can you get a big win? Especially if, if San Fran is beat up, if McCaffrey doesn't go, if Debo doesn't go, this is a game you have to sneak away with a win to flip your season around or else, I mean, it's trending downwards with, with Justin Jefferson out. Like you said, this offensive line has been whole, arguably the best defensive line in the league. It needs to be out of Kirk Cousins' hands early and quick. Let uh, Addison get going. Let KJ Osborne get going. Try to involve TJ Hawkinson as much as you can, even though Fred Warner, honestly, might be the best defensive player in the league. That guy is just an absolute beast. Um, but Kirk, got to. Cannot turn over the ball. I mean, we've seen Kirk how many times in these Monday night, Sunday night primetime games. He just looks awful. So hopefully it's not that. Hopefully they can keep this game close. Um, defensively, if if McCaffrey or Debo aren't playing, I mean, you got to throw everything at Kittle. You got to throw everything at Ayuk, And then hopefully you can hold down Jordan Mason and, and Elijah Mitchell. Um, they haven't really been able to stop anybody on, on the ground. Um, now
2: you, I, he was open religiously. He, the, he, dude. I, I don't know where his composure went. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but it is, it was quite staggering to see him be so surgical and basically perfect. His passer rating his QBR. Everything was almost was perfect. Reading defense is perfect. He was flawless. And then he loses, you know, two big guys. I mean, he played games without Debo, but it seems weird that he just, you know, they lose them. And he just, I don't know what happened if the switch went off, if he missed a few throws and he lost confidence. But it was kind of crazy to see him just miss wide open streaming guys some at some points and just not be able to take the reads as Kyle shannon's giving giving it to him. Because he should have still had a ton of success that day.
1: Damn, Dean, it almost sounds like the uh,
2: Brandon Ayuk is personal to you. I haven't every fantasy <laughs> to open every fucking time. It's ridiculous to me. And to lose by one point because Brock Purdy can't put it on a guy who's streaming <laughs> 10 yards on a wheel route, he's going to go 80 yards to the cribo. I make that throw, Ray. I've seen you throw, Dean. You're not I... making that. You can't even throw the ball back to the pitcher in softball. <laughs> I did, it. I did it perfectly. I just didn't want to hurt him. <laughs> um, Dean, you could go ahead with
0: the market report because I don't have many good things to say about this Minnesota defense anymore.
2: <laughs> market report for this one opened up at Niners minus six and a half to seven, and even with eighty-two percent of the handle being on them, the Niners, they, uh, the on the Niners, Vegas has not wavered. Once again, another big liability inside taken by Vegas. You would assume um, it's definitely interesting to see what happens. Um, I wish I was keeping an active spreadsheet on on the eighty percent plus, um, you know, bet teams and how they do against the spread.
1: I feel like the fact that they haven't moved that line kind of indicates they think that McCaffrey and or Debo are probably not going to show up, right?
2: No, it, it would. Yes. Yeah, no, you you're right, exactly. I I mean, dude, we're also I mean, we're not we we also haven't really talked about Trent Williams. He's day to day too. Yeah, no, yeah, I saw I saw that. So I mean, I, did say that. I I would definitely I would definitely agree with you. I would think that indicates yes. Thanks for doing my job on that one, Ray. I didn't write, I didn't um, and say it, I didn't articulate it. But am to the- back up my boys. Thanks, bro. For the ATS report, the Niners are four and two against the spread and Vikings are two and four against the spread. For the total, Vegas opened at 46-47 and has since come down to 44. You would imagine, thanks to McCaffrey, Trent Williams, and Debo, still being question marks, like we said, um, has to play a role in that. In Niners games, Vegas has been spot on with three overs and three unders, while the Vikings have been tough to evaluate having six of their six Five. I apologize. Five of their six games going under.
0: Mm. Mm. I'm not not touching this game in
2: the slightest. Yeah, Yeah. fuck that. This game game sucks. (laughs) Sucks because I guess it's just it's just so weird because these eighty plus percent handles, it's it's so hard because you fade the public, Dean. You just exactly, you're just told all the time to favor the public. Anytime I've ever bet these, though, the public just wins resoundly. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. So, hey, gotta- you gotta do it to all of them or do it to none. You kind of know what I mean? I feel you. All right, let's talk some units. Uh, how'd we do last week, fellas? Dino, you want to start us off? Horrible. Uh, okay. I, I actually did so bad, I forgot what the bets were. I believe it was Seahawks. No, <laughs> just don't want to. Someone want to help me out here? Dude, um, how the fuck am I supposed to know what you got? Well, you, you didn't, didn't even write you didn't, you didn't write, write it down in, in the down. spreadsheet. I didn't write it in the spreadsheet because I lost it all. That's okay. all. <laughs> okay.
1: That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Spark
2: notes version. So of <laughs> course I bet. I of course I didn't bet the Jets because I'm a pussy. And um, and obviously our best our th- three out of our best four corners were out. So I thought it would be a Devontae Smith show. Another personal one there. Uh He's on my fantasy football team. But uh, can I just move on to my bets now? Or? No, no, how about we? Yeah. Let us go first. I don't remember what the bets are. That's fine. Just say you, you lost. I lost five units. Okay. Right. How'd you do?
1: Jesus Christ. I went perfect, actually. Ha ha, Dean. Uh, Giants team total under 14 and a half. That was just a fucking gimme. That team sucks. Uh, that was two units uh, to win <laughs> like 1.8. And then Chiefs minus 10 and a half. Woke up Friday morning, got that by the skin of my teeth, which is always good. I had three units on that. So I won about four and a half units.
0: Nice. Good stuff. Uh, I was also positive last week. I had a teaser. I had the Bills minus four, which I snuck away with. Um, The Dolphins minus three and a half. And then I had the Texans plus 11 and a half who won outright. Love that. That was a two unit tease. And then I lost on 49ers minus six and a half, who obviously lost outright, but then hit a one and a half unit. Rams minus six and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. Dino, what do you have for
2: us this week? Mm. Uh, I (laughs) am going back to the, well, the Packers Packers money (laughs) line against the worst team in football. If they don't win here, I have no more faith, but I'm going back to what treated me. Well, once out of three times, I think, or four. So, which, which is good percentages in my book, even though, by the way, I'm, I'm still up. So, you know what? I'm still up big. Still up 11 units on, on the year. I, you said I, I'm up, they broke? I'm up, they broke. So, I, I'm kind of doing the reverse psychology here. This is a team that I have a lot of faith in coming into the year. Uh, I They were my bet to win NFC, the NFC North. And I still think they're a really competent team. I think it's a great defense. And I think Jordan Love still has that dude in him. I really do. I just feel like this team has been weirdly riddled by injuries, people coming in, personnel moving in, personnel moving out. Hopefully there's a little bit of continuity going on. They had a rough loss to the Raiders last week. I think they pull this one out. Uh, and you could get that for for only minus one fifteen. I I think they should be favored. I don't care that they're at Mile High. Who cares? There's maybe ten Broncos fans left. Uh, I'm gonna put two and a half units on that, and then I'm gonna say fuck it. I'm gonna put the other two and a half units in, in the bird battle. You kind of you know in the battle of birds, you need to definitely pick a side, and my side's gonna be Seahawks minus seven and a half. I love Josh Dobbs and what they're doing down down. I was trying to look through the schedule. I had to no idea who you were referring to. I was hoping.
1: I was thinking it was, dolphins. it was Dolphins. I was, yeah. like, I was praying. <laughs> I would have paid money. Oh, that
2: would have been funny. No. I
1: really no, thought it was the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm, a,
2: I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, I'm a true football guy, so I know these things. It's okay that you guys don't. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Uh, All right, Ray, Ray, what do you got? Oh,
1: fuck, <laughs> hold on, Ray. Uh I sprinkled the board here. I got three bets. Uh under thirty-seven and a half in Bears Vegas. Uh the Tyson Baget versus uh <laughs> nice. Hoyer versus or- <laughs> <Indiana-Kana> <laughs> nice. battle. Uh, I think that's just great. How I'm can about you possibly bad. bet on that game? I gotta bet the under on that one. Are you kidding me? It's fucking <laughs> clearing uh, me. What'd you bet? Under thirty seven and a half Bears Vegas. Uh <laughs> Backup quarterback uh, battle, so you always got to go under on those. I like uh, So I was cool. one unit on that. I got Detroit plus three. I got two units at minus 115. And then Kansas City minus two and a half. Uh, I got two units minus 110.
0: Nice. Uh, I am with you on the Lions plus three. Um, I really wanted to take the money line. I probably will take the money line. I just talked myself into it while I was talking about the game. But I have one and a half units on that. I'm going back to the well last week. I have the Rams. I bought a point here or I bought a half a point. I have the Rams minus two and a half at home versus Pittsburgh. Um, One and a half units there. I think the Pittsburgh offense is just pathetic. And I think the Rams with Cooper cup. Now they're really starting to find themselves. And then even though we are recording this on Thursday, I got this in before the game. I have a teaser. I have Jags plus eight and let's score that game right now. I think it's seven, three Jags. So, Uh, Lock that one up. And then I have Seahawks minus one and a half against the Cardinals for two units, minus 120.
1: There we go. Let's win, boys. Let's win. All right, that's
0: going to wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our Week 7 NFL preview. Stay with us. More college football, more NFL, more bets, more wins. More draft stuff coming up throughout the season. So stay locked in. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. You can also find us on UnderdogPodcast.com and stick with us so we continue this 2023 2024 season, fellas. Appreciate you.